Welcome everybody into another edition of the Remnant Leadership Podcast. In fact, I'm excited to announce that this is the 20th episode of the Remnant Leadership Podcast. That's pretty awesome. 20 episodes already. It's going by quickly. And I'm excited about this leadership podcast because I'm I've been preaching to different places, traveling around the country. Surprised to find out how many people listen or listening and being equipped by the Remnant Leadership Podcast. Well, let me just say a couple of quick things before we get into this particular session, this particular episode. As you can tell, my voice is not as normal as it usually is. Uh, you know, I know I've got that. They've told, people tell me I've got that that preacher voice sometimes, but uh, this is this is what you call the wildfire preaching all Sunday morning, Sunday night preacher voice. So at the time that I'm recording this podcast, leadership podcast, I've just come out of two incredible, incredible, powerful church services where multiple people's lives were changed. And what has excited me more than anything, because this is the mandate that's on my life, is that in both services, several people, I think probably a total between both services, there was two different churches, uh, probably 15 to 20 people, first time publicly acknowledged the call to preach the gospel. And if anything we need, we need preachers of the gospel acknowledging the call of God on their life. And, of course, you know, I'm not one of them quiet preachers. So I preached, and we had altar service, and here's my voice. But I'm not going to let it stop me. Uh, because it's time for me to get this out of my spirit. This is in my spirit. Uh, if you have not already followed this podcast, I'm encouraging you to do that on whatever podcast app you are using. Uh, and if you can, find the place in that app. Scroll down and give us a five-star review and write a review. It's very important for you to give us five stars and to write that review because that helps us in the algorithms of all the different populating apps to listen to podcasts to put us in front of people on their app when they get up to start their day when we publish and release this podcast to be one of the ones that on that home page could be suggested for them to try and they may not know anything about us and they may be hungry to learn what it means to be a remnant leader to learn what it means to be equipped in this day in this time so do that for us, and we would appreciate it. And, of course, as always, share this podcast with somebody that you love, and especially share this with a pastor, a leader, a, someone who is operating in any type of leadership, considers himself to be a part of the kingdom of God and a part of the remnant that is rising. So this particular episode, I'm going to ask you to pray for my voice so I can get through this. This particular episode, I'm calling it Shake the snake. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Shake the snake. Now, listen, if you're going to be a remnant leader and you're going to be a voice and not an echo and you're going to address issues, uh, social issues, you're going to address cultural issues, you're going to speak into this generation as a voice and not simply echoing the secular media. Uh, and even quite frankly, I'm going to go and say it the way I feel it. The woke pastors and the woke Christian influencers that have confused so many people in the body of Christ and created this whole uh, uh, 
just literal sad, sad uh, thing that's happening in the body of Christ called deconstruction. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that deconstruction is really uh, under the guise of trying to get to true Christianity, trying to get through all the Americanized version of Christianity and getting back down to the basics. And, you know, I appreciate that. We should do that because we got certainly got some serious problems with Americanized church. But what happens is usually they deconstruct themselves right out of the faith. I'm going to get a drink of water. Sorry about that. <clears throat> this is hilarious. Listen to my own voice. Hope you're getting a good laugh out of it, but I hope you're not getting so distracted that you can't hear what I'm saying. But you're going you're going to get you're going to get attacked. They're going to come at you. The algorithms are going to work against you. They're going, you know, I'm finding that just people are being unsubscribed from my YouTube channel. People are being unfollowed from my podcast channel already. <clears throat> and I'm not even really any kind of major influence voice i can only imagine what's happening into these voices that have tens of thousands and even millions of followers and are speaking anything controversial it's a very subtle way of trying to attack the influence because leadership is influence nothing more nothing less but one of my favorite stories in scripture is the story of the apostle paul when he is on the ship and they get caught up in this storm this great nor'easter storm, uh, maybe even some even say that could have been a hurricane or something, but it's called a nor'easter in several biblical translations. And the reason some people believe that it could have been a storm bigger than that is because it actually has a name. The Bible said that story, the story says that in the Bible that that storm was actually named Eurachlodon. Excuse me, Eurachlodon. And Eurachlodon means an angry storm, an angry storm. And that storm beat beat the ship. And he was a prisoner, by the way, on this ship, uh, being taken uh, across the water as a prisoner in chains uh, with other fellow prisoners and guards on the ship. And the ship was so beaten and so battered that it run aground and hit some rocks. And... Uh, just was destroyed. And the good thing is that in the story tells us that no one on the ship died, certainly in course, of course, Paul. And throughout the night, they had to float on pieces of wood as the moon lit the water, trying to communicate and talk with each other, trying to keep each other alive. And at some point, the pieces of wood they were floating on floated them right up to the bank of an island. And this island is called Malta. And to this day, Malta still exists, still called, called Malta. And Malta is a very, very well-known island in the world. It's known for not just this story, but many other ancient civilizations and archaeological finds have been found on the Isle of Malta. But I pick up in Acts chapter 28, towards the end of the book of Acts, and we find in verse 1, it says that when they escaped the shipwreck, now remember, we're talking the remnant leaders, so stay with me. I'm going to make this a short broadcast because of my voice. When they escaped the, the shipwreck and the threat of drowning, 
they found an island and, sh- and floated to an island called Malta. Verse 2 says, <clears throat> And the natives showed us unusual kindness. I want to stop and say that you need to be careful in this moment, in this generation, reading your own press clips. When you say things that make the world comfortable, when you agree with the social justice, the wokeness, the agenda, and I'm all about social justice that, are, that is biblical justice, and I'm all about being awake to the spirit realm. But you need to hear me. There is a doctrine that is, is, that is a cultural doctrine of the world that is infecting the church. And as long as you tote the line, as long as you say what they are saying, they will give you unusual kindness. They will, <clears throat> they will promote your channel. They will talk about what a great leader you are in the community. And they will make you feel like you're being very, very effective and successful. But I want you to, I want you to see something so powerful. So the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they even made a fire for them because they were wet and cold. They kindled a fire and made us all welcome. Because there was rain falling and they were cold. Because of the cold. Now watch this. So everybody that's on this ship is now standing around a fire that has been made by the natives and by the culture of the island of Malta. One translation calls them barbarians. In other words, these were unbelievers. They were very rough. They were very um, uncivilized, and they were certainly not believers in the gospel of Jesus. More than likely, they were heathens. They were not believing believers in any god. They only believed in the way they did things. So here comes these people, Paul and all these others, and they, it's, it's, I'm going to show you that it's a trick. It's a trap. I'm telling you, when you're cold and it's rainy and you feel like you've been abandoned and you feel like you don't have any success in ministry and you need affirmation, you need that gift to be acknowledged, the world will line up when they see that vulnerability in you, and they will be glad to make a fire for you to warm yourself on. But I want you to know something. You better be careful where you warm yourself. You better be careful where you comfort yourself. You better be careful where you sit down and whose voice you listen to any time in ministry, but especially in this time. Watch this. So the people on the shipwreck didn't make the fire. The natives of the island made the fire. Watch what it says in verse 3. But when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks himself and laid them on the fire, a viper, a snake, came out of the fire because of the heat and fastened 
fastened himself on the hand of Paul, bit him and sunk his teeth into the top of the hand of Paul. Now, you may know this story, and you may know how it ends, but what I want to get to you later is this. I want you to hear the part where it says, when Paul gathered, 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 when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, the snake came out. See, in this day and time, the word gathered jumps out at me. The enemy wants you to come to their fire. The enemy wants you to come to their place of warmth. They don't want you gathering anything. They don't want you putting anything on it. Oh, yeah. You come to their thing, they want you at their thing. <clears throat> their thing. But they don't want you coming. They don't want you affecting their thing. See, Paul looked at the fire, and he saw there was a fire. But he realized this fire is not hot enough. This fire is not burning the way it needs to burn. This fire does not have the fuel that it needs. Paul went and gathered. I tell you, there's an attack against the gathering. There's an attack against anything that the people of God are trying to gather. If you think about it, that's what Jesus commissioned us to do, to gather the wheat, to gather the harvest. That's what we're in the business of. We're in the business of gathering. We gather together, and we gather the wheat into the harvest. But he went out and he got some sticks and he gathered them. But he didn't just gather the sticks and hold them up and let everybody see that he was doing something. No, he put them on the fire. In other words, he went and got something that was not something made, <clears throat> something made by the hands of the natives. He, as the leader that he was, says, let me tell you something, I'm going to add to this fire. I know that there's a purpose that I'm, that I'm on this island. I didn't just happen to come on this island. I came on this island because I know the people on this island need Jesus, and they need to see a miracle, and they need to see a fire burn the way a fire is supposed to burn. Glory to God. I'm going to push through this. I'm going to get it out even if I got to whisper it. So when he put the sticks on the fire, the snake came out. Watch what it says. And then the snake came out because of the heat and bit him. My question is this. Where did the snake come from? The Bible clearly says the snake came out of the fire. So watch this. The snake was already in the fire, but nothing that the culture of the world had done to make that fire burn had intimidated that snake at all. Nothing had made it so hot that the snake had to get out. It had a form of a fire, but the snake was still comfortable to stay in the fire. Because it wasn't a real fire. It wasn't a God fire. It wasn't a fire that had the hand of a man of God applied to it. A fire that had the Holy Ghost applied to it. I dare say, as I get a drink of water.
that there are many churches in this day and time that have a steeple. And if I could go so far as to say, maybe a cross on the top of that steeple. Maybe even a painting of Jesus on the inside of that building. Maybe there's a pulpit. Maybe there's one of them tables that says, do this in remembrance of me. Maybe maybe there's church pews. Everything you can imagine as a typical church. But there's no fire. There's a strange fire. There's not a real fire. There's a man-made religion that has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. And inside that place, it looks like something's happening. It might even be packed. They may have the greatest children's programs. They may have amazing outreach on social media. But right in the middle, maybe, oh, I know I'm going to get in trouble with some people, but maybe even right up under the pulpit, the snake is comfortable. Nothing is being preached and nothing is being taught to make the snake uncomfortable. Oh, but you let a man of God who's been through a shipwreck, who's been stoned and left for dead, who's had 39 lashes on his back, who's been ridiculed, who's been thrown after, into prison after prison after prison, who encountered Jesus on the way to Damascus when he was prepared to arrest Christians and even murder them. But God knocked him off his donkey, struck him blind, had to go blind and have somebody lay hands on him so his eyes could see. The Bible said he spent three years, three years in the deserts of Arabia alone with Jesus while Jesus poured into him before he ever presented himself in Jerusalem. He was, he was in, he was threatened, his life was threatened on so many occasions that even on one occasion, the people that loved him came and talked to him in the middle of the night and said, we've heard a rumor, they're coming to kill you in the morning. So they put him in a basket and they tied a rope on the basket and they let the basket down over the edge of the, of, of the wall around the city so that Paul could escape. He was found in the streets and stoned and left for dead. Man, this man went through some stuff and here he is towards the end of his life, faithful, running the race, finishing the race and now he's got to go through a shipwreck. He should have been happy enough. Most people would have been happy enough just to be survive and be on an island and have somebody make a fire for you because you're cold and it's raining. But he said, no, 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 no. He knew there was something strange about this fire. He knew there was something missing. He knew, his spirit man knew that the people that made that fire needed a miracle from God. They need an encounter from God. See, there's nothing more powerful in this world, leader. Listen to me. The most powerful force in this world is the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit. But the second most powerful force in this world is a man or a woman who know who they are in God. Because when you know who you are in God, you know that the steps of your life are ordered by God. And he knew 
at that moment, Paul knew, I'm not just on this island by chance. So if I'm going to warm myself by this fire, I'm going to make sure it's a good fire. And I'm going to make sure that something that touches my hands is going to be in this fire. Notice the snake was already in the fire. The only thing that made the snake uncomfortable to where it clearly says, because of the heat, the viper came out. But the heat was already there. There was already a fire. What happened? What changed the heat of that fire? What made the fire burn with a greater intensity? It wasn't just that there was more fuel on the fire. It wasn't just that he went and found some good sticks to put on the fire. It was that those sticks had been in the hand of the Apostle Paul. They had been in the hand of a man of God. They'd been in the hand, if I can say it on this podcast, of a remnant leader. I'm telling you, when you're remnant, when you're Holy Ghost filled, when you're fire baptized, when your hands get on something and that something gets put into the world, whether it's your job, whether it's your family, whether it's your neighborhood, whether it's your church and your ministry, I'm telling you, it's going to heat up. It's a fast move because you, you, got the, you got the Holy Ghost with you and the Holy Ghost means the holy breath of God and nothing sparks a fire more than good wood and a good breeze and good wind. So he throws those sticks on there and whew, the fire just catapults in strength and heat and the snake feels so uncomfortable and gets so mad and so angry because that's what remnant leaders do. You got to understand something. You're going to make the devil mad. And he's going to come after you. And he may not come after you first. He may come after you and he'll lose. You know what he'll do? He won't give up. He'll come after your spouse. He'll come after your children. He'll come after your grandchildren. He'll come after those that love you love the most. And you know love you the most. But you're going to have to be strong. Here's what he did. That snake came straight out and said, I got to end this. It was a viper. The Bible calls it a viper because that meant it was a poisonous snake. And it latched upon the hand of Paul. So when the natives, the Bible says in verse 4, saw the creature hanging from Paul's hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man must be a murderer, whom though he had escaped from sea, justice does now not allow him to live. Let me tell you something. The word of, excuse me. The word of God is full of mysteries. And sometimes you got to take a deep breath to get what's being said. And nothing ever is said by accident in the word. Everything is intentional. It was intentional of the enemy. While the snake was latched upon the hand of Paul. The snake was an instrument of the devil. And so were the people of Malta. Because God... God's word tells us that Satan whispered in the ear of the people of Malta. They didn't even know what they were doing. They didn't even know what they were saying when they said, surely this man is a murderer and he has escaped justice for the murder and the things that he has done in his past. But the snake will not let him go. The snake is going to bring justice. See, at that moment, not only was a snake bit, 
but he heard the very ones that made the fire. Remind him of Saul before he ever became Paul. Remind him of standing there holding the coats while he watched Stephen stoned to death. Accessory to murder. The arrest and the conviction in the murder of countless Christians. Some believe probably even was a part of the murders of Christians himself. Certainly accessory to murder. So his past, not only did he have poison trying to wreak its way through his veins, but he had the poisonous words reminding him of who he used to be. That's what the devil will do to you, leader. He will try, and when you begin to see success, out of nowhere, he will latch on to you. He will attack your flesh, but more than anything, he will attack your mind. And as that poison is injected in you, the way it manifests in your spirit, man, is try to remind you of your failures and try to remind you of who you used to be before you were changed by the power of God. But you're going to have to shake the snake. You're going to have to learn how to stand up. You're going to have to learn to know who you are in God. See, by that time, there was no question. Paul knew exactly who he was. He was not who the people of Malta had said he was. Watch what happened. Verse 5. But he shook the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. My God. <clears throat> Do you know what that means? He didn't shake it on the ground. He shook it back in the fire. Because he told the devil, I made you, the reason you jumped out and latched on me is because you couldn't handle the fire that's on me when I put the sticks on the fire. But you know what, devil? You're going to deal with the fire that's on my life. So he used the very fire. The very fire that caused the enemy to jump out. And try to take his life. He used that same fire. To take the life of the serpent. That snake. Boiled. And burned. In the very fire. That he had just come out of. My God. That at one moment. Just moments earlier. Was comfortable. To be in. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that there's going to be churches. That tells me there's going to be regions. That remnant men and women of God are going to come in. And the enemy's going to try to take them out. And they're going to shake the snake in those communities. Shake the snake in those churches. Pastors are going to wake up one day. God's going to arrest them. And they're going to stand up and say, my God, what am I doing? And they're going to go gather some sticks and bring the fire back to the altar. And they're going to shake the snake. You know what happens? Verse, the very next verse, verse 6. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall dead. But after they looked at him for a long time and so, saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. They even said, well, he must be a god. See, they were, un, they were unlearned. They didn't know. They thought only a God could do that. What they didn't realize is Paul was not a God. He was just anointed by the only true God. Whew. Now watch this. The Bible says that Paul began to show them who he was in God, that he was not a God, but who he was in God. 
He went to the families of the leaders of the tribes, prayed for them, laid hands on them, and all the sick of Malta were healed. Verse 9, so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us, the scripture says, in many ways. And when they when we departed, they provided so many things that we needed that were necessary. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? When you shake the snake in the time of the attack when he's trying to take you out, the very ones that spoke your end, your demise, your fall, your failure, will begin to watch you and expect you to go down. But after a while, they're going to say, my God, how did he not go down? How is she still preaching? How is that couple still standing? How does that church still exist? How does that podcast still exist? How did that family make it? And you're going to be able to tell them, it's not me. It's the Holy Ghost fire that was on, that was on me and is in me. Because I know who I am in God. And they're going to say, I want what you got. Can you give it to me? And you can be like Peter in Acts chapter 3 when he looked at the man that was lame at the gate called Beautiful. Silver and, known, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Remnant leader, rise up. Shake the snake. My name is Larry Raglan. I had half a voice tonight. But I gave it all to you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'll see you next time.